0: Hi, and welcome to ComChurch Talks. This is our sermon of the day. We pray that it will be a real blessing to you. I know you'll be encouraged,
1: challenged, and uplifted by the talk that you're about to hear. So, we're talking about, if the slide could go up, pure sex this morning. This is the name of our series. Um, who knows that there are subjects that you just don't talk about um, at the dinner table, don't you? You like there's you avoid politics, you avoid things of family because the family start to talk and stuff. And church is kind of the same way, isn't it? Yeah. So like we, um, this bed is um, it's, it's ba-
0: comfy.
1: It's com- I was going to say this is tidier than our bedroom as well. Yeah, it really is. Should, <laughs> I've had a really good idea. This is way tidier than our this bedroom. This
0: is what it feels like to walk out. Okay, confession. Beside my bed here, it's this high of books. <laughs> so it's always nice to get out and not trip over something. Yeah. It's a nice time. Maybe we should move in.
1: I was thinking that. We should move in. <laughs> it would save us a lot of money. So, um, no, but there's subjects you don't talk about. And we don't talk in church about sex. Um, one of the subjects is that is difficult to talk about is grief and suffering and we've got a series that we're going into to touch on some of the subjects that are really difficult to talk about. Money is traditionally a subject that's difficult to Mm. talk about isn't it in church but we've spent a long time making sure that that wasn't something that we were really caught up in. Let me grab my iPad from over here.
0: My iPad got eaten by the dog and so it's having a little weird out at the minute.
1: (laughs) So we pulled the bed out and um, we're going to talk about the subject this morning, pure sex. Everybody say pure sex and then that will help us get used to the idea. Get used
0: to say the word. Pure
1: um, sex. It can't get that bad because my mum's in the room. So um, so um, it's so a little bit the- embarrassing. Now, anyone that's been in church for a long time um, and the knows Pastor Helen, it's going to be difficult for us. And she's my mum and she's in the room. So, um, so wait, 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 we- wait
0: Julian. In was- the week, in the week, wait, 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 wait. In the week. We, uh, we were talk- talking with Zoe and she was saying, oh my goodness, are you going to give people like face masks so that they can hide behind? Or then the girls came up with a great idea that we had like a traffic-like system. So if it was getting too much, you could hold up your amber. And if it was like really too much, you could hold up your red. But we felt, do you know what the hardest thing is? We've, I've got my mother-in-law on the front row. So we thought this might be helpful. So <laughs> we've got a nice lion head and she could pop that on.
1: We're all good so now. It's going to make it a bit easier for me. (laughs) (laughs) It's not easy to talk about this subject with your mum in the room, I have to to tell you. So... um so you're going to have to bear But it's fine. With us, it,
0: it's all good. It's all good. And that's the thing. We are so aware that there are so many different types of people in the room. And so, I mean, say however many there are in here this morning, there will be that many different experiences, that many different opinions, that many different um, backgrounds. So, we know, I mean, we're, we're going to have married couples that are super happy with each other and having loads of great sex. We're going to have married couples that can't stand each other. We're going to have married couples that don't have sex and are really happy with that. We're going to have single people that love being single. We've got single people that hate being single. We've got, I don't know, married people where one person's happy, the other person's miserable. We, there's yeah, we've so got, many. And there variables. are people here
1: this morning where they're married to someone and their husband lives on another continent. They mm-hmm. don't. They don't They're not with their other party. I mean, my goodness, they're separated. They live on different continents of the world. You know, the world is owning the subject of sex at the moment. It seems to think that um, outside of the walls of the church, that um, sex is something that's owned by every walk of life. The advertising industry and and um, just it's it's predominant in social media and around. It's just owned by the world. Yet. It's our subject, and we want to be able to talk about it. It's really hard to talk about this subject. I mean, there could be people here today that, um, that are in a same-sex relationship. There could be people here um, that are um, in different types of relationship. There are people here that are single, super happy about being single, and others yeah. that are really upset about being single. Yeah,
0: exactly. So, so we, well, we definitely know... What do you do about it? One size does not fit all in this um, One size doesn't fit all.
1: There's the, there's the statement. So, there's the statement to take home for you today.
0: So we are, we honestly, we have prayed, we have met with all the people we met. I mean, the thing is, I, all joking aside, Helen has been in every creative meeting, so she's heard everything. And like, honestly, there's nothing that we haven't talked about. And we've really been praying. So there's
1: people that maybe have been abused and find yeah. just the very fact that the, the word sex comes up. Yeah on this slide it raises up emotional feelings in Absolutely. in their heart because like they've had bad experiences yes. of sex and like so there's on the one hand everybody that thinks it's great sometimes there's really bad experiences too Absolutely. which makes it a really difficult subject mm-hmm. in a room like this with so many people for us to talk about
0: yeah so right from the start you know already just by seeing that on the screen just by hearing us talking you know seeing the bed on the stage if anyone has a really strong like, visceral reaction. So that's, you, you know, you're feeling sick. Your heart is beating. It's pounding out of your chest. Your palms are sweating. Your head is aching. You just want to run away. I just really want to encourage you to stick it through, just to stay it through. Unless you know you ate a dodgy curry last night, please don't throw up on the floor. But otherwise, please stick it through, because I know that there will be those reactions in there for many a different reason. But do you know what? Sometimes, actually, that can be conviction as well. And conviction is a really positive thing. Although you're probably sat there right now thinking, this is not positive. I'm hating this. I'd rather be anywhere but here right now hearing about this. If only you knew what someone had done to me, you would never say that. Do you know, honestly, we have prayed for as many scenarios as we can think of. But I really want to encourage you, if you are physically reacting to it right now, ask the Holy Spirit, why? Why am I reacting? Why am I having this physical reaction right now? And Holy Spirit, would you speak to me? Would you help me through this? Because I promise you, church, this morning, this is a safe place. This isn't a place of judgment and this isn't a place of, um, you know, just flippancy either. I, I promise you, we, we really prayed hard about this. And, and so in anything that you hear us say, if there is a visceral reaction, I just want you to first check in with the Holy Spirit rather than reacting and, and walking out or reacting and thinking, well, that's it. Praise God, I'm never coming back to this church. I want you to really just go on this journey with the Holy Spirit. And that's our kind of objective at the end of the day, isn't it? We sat down and thought, what are we trying to actually achieve through doing this series? And do you know what? It's not for us to go, right, we've got a really pure church now that are all having brilliant, pure sex. That's not our achievement. Our achievement is that you have the conversation with the Holy Spirit, that you start having the conversation and and fall so in love with Jesus that you're asking him all those questions, and you're really walking in that way with the Holy Spirit.
1: Absolutely, if you feel that tug as we're talking this morning, and um, the Bible says that there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. If you, if you're, if you, there's some people in Christ Jesus today that know there's no condemnation. If that's you, give God praise because you need to know that there's no. Condemnation, but sometimes if you have that visceral reaction, you can think, "Wow, I'm—I fe- I felt really condemned in that church. I felt condemnation." Um, well, conviction and condemnation can come with the same feelings and the same response. So, before we even get into this message and what we're talking about, I just want you to balance whether what you're feeling from the Holy Spirit is conviction or whether it's condemnation. And I'd like to think that we're going to feel convicted here today as we look at God's work, because it's meant to be challenging. God's word is meant to be. It's meant to send out challenges for all of us. So I pray that you'd receive that today. Yeah, absolutely,
0: because condemnation just comes along with its brothers and sisters, which is guilt, shame, fear, all of those things. And they are just enemies of the soul. They will do nothing at all to help you. They will keep you where you are. They will keep us where we are, away from God. So condemnation does nothing. Now conviction, as Julian said, it can feel uncomfortable. It can feel the same. But that is sometimes that's the Holy Spirit and that's Jesus just saying, okay, there's this area that I need you to look at. But he doesn't say, right, you sort that out and then come to me. He says, let's do it together. So conviction is really positive. So that's, again, if you're feeling a bit squirmy about anything, and we have, you know, as we've been talking about things, things have made us squirm and we're like, okay, God, why? Why am I squirming at that? Why am I you know, batting against that. And we've really been praying, you know, you pray it through, but that's what conviction does. Conviction is actually for release. Conviction is then what leads to repentance. And again, it's one of those churchy words that sound really horrible, but all it means is to change your mind. You just change your mind about something. And so that's that's our prayer today.
1: So we acknowledged visitors, but we don't know everybody who sat here this morning. You may not um, know Jesus like we do now we're like we in this church are bible believing Christians that's what we are so to all those visitors if you're here and you don't know what a bible believing Christian is we just want to say there's this little bit in the bible that says if you love me obey my commands that's what God says if you love me obey my commands. Before we get into the subject matter that we're going to talk about, it's important that for your life that you get to know Jesus Christ, and we want to introduce you to him. So we give you full permission to not listen to what we're saying this morning, because we're really going to be talking to a lot yeah. of people that consider themselves to be Bible-believing Christians. And maybe, as you're listening, you'll be interested to know the Jesus and the writer, the writer of this book, our God.
0: Yeah, and again, so in there... Are just, so, you know, we are going to bant off each other, and we're going to step in, and, and Clara, yeah, we can sit down there now, um, but where J- Julian said, if, Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commands, he said, you'll, you will obey my commands, and that's not a, that's how you prove your love, that is just, if you love somebody, if you love Jesus so deeply, you just will, <laughs> you just will obey his commands, it's not, a, you will obey my commands, if you love me, it's, it's not like that, it's, You know, there are things that I wouldn't say or do with another man because I love Julian, just because I love him. Not because he said, don't you do that. I love him. And that's that same relationship. So that's, you know, yeah, if you're a a new Christian or you're not a Christian, you just, you know, again, even that word, a follower of Jesus. So we're talking to the followers of Jesus this morning, those people that really want to know, how do I reach God's standard? How do I follow Jesus?
1: So the... Place to start with the subject of pure sex. You have to smile at me all the way through this because like, <laughs> if I've got to do it, you've got to come with me on the journey. Is that all right? So we can smile about it. Sex is a great thing because it was created by God. If amen. I get an amen to that statement, there should be one from certainly some people around here. But here you go. This is God's word. This is the Bible. And in it, there's some stuff that's easy to accept and take and it will be life-changing. It will take your life to a new place. But also there's some stuff in this book that is really challenging to take. And I thought, you know what? The best way to deal with this subject is to pull the plaster off. I don't know if you've ever had a plaster on your leg. Um, some people just take ages to peel that plaster off and go hair by hair and oh, oh, and it'll take you a little time to peel that plaster off. Some people just like to go, you know what? This needs to happen at once and you just pull it off and your eyes water and it stings. So I just thought, you know what we need to do is, what does the Bible say about sex? And is there a passage that just kind of puts this entire series so that we can go home early on the first week of Sunday and not do the next two or three weeks of talking about this subject? I would really like that. Well, there is. In the um, book of Corinthians, if you've got your Bibles with you, uh, 1 Corinthians 7 verse 1. This is tough. So if you can look it up, if you've got an iPhone, I'm going to look it up in my Bible.
0: it's
1: there it's there babe in got it okay so now for the matters you wrote about so this is a letter um, to the churches we're a new covenant church and in in the bible there are some letters at the back um, and they're letters to new covenant churches of which we are one um, so let's read it now for the matters that we wrote about It is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. Now I took offense at this scripture before we even started. So like like we're just we're just getting back. So like you've got it there now. It is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. So guys, if you cannot walk out at this point, and hold with me, but that's what it says, all right? It says, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. I'm not the writer of this. I would never have written a statement like that, so please hold with me for one moment. But since sexual immorality is occurring, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife, and each woman should have sexual relations with her own husband, Okay, so we can go home. We don't need to talk about this subject anymore. That's what the Bible says, okay? So I'm not examining what Julian thinks. I'm not examining what Sarah thinks. All I'm doing at this moment is reading from the Word of God, okay? And I believe that I'm a Bible-believing Christian. That's what it says. So if you were going to take the qualifications for pure sex and you're going to take it from the Word of God, it would be that a man with a wife... Should be having sex, and a woman with a husband can be having sex. That's what that scripture says. All right. So, I just want to put that out there as the very first. That's the pulling off of the plaster. That's God's standard, if you like. That's the word of God. It's a very um, interesting set of books. You know, in in those letters, all of the letters to Paul uh, that Paul wrote, and all of them. All of them mention sex, and all of them mention our relationships, almost all of them. And um, it's really important that we take the Word of God and we look at it. As a Bible-believing church, which we are, it's not our job to make it more comfortable for this book to work for your life. It's just our job to hold it firm and fast for the generations that are going to come after us. Do I get an amen? Okay, so... The reason we're here on the high street of Dunstable is not because we want to make this book easier for you to live by. It's because we just want to hold it in there. Maybe that scripture isn't being read in many churches around this world today. I, don't, I shouldn't imagine it is, but there it is. So what I want to do is not use this as God's Word, because God's Word is accessible to every single person. But I want my Bible this morning to represent God's standard. God's standard is that. Okay, that is God's standard for having sex. And I'm going to put God's standard this morning over on this bookshelf right here. So, God's standard is right there. And we should endeavour to reach for it. Sarah, why don't you speak?
0: Yeah, so... God is for sex. This is what we're saying. He's invented it. He it, it was his design. He's created it in a way that means we want to keep coming back to it. You know, he is he's clever. He has done nothing by mistake. Um, and it's an amazing, unique intimacy between husband and wife. But the enemy knows its power all too well, which is why he came to twist it. To um, destroy it, basically. We know the um, scripture that he's come to kill, steal, and destroy. And never more have we seen it than in sexual activity and relationships and all those things around there. The enemy really knows its power and really wants to twist it. Now, intimacy between a man and wife, an intimacy of. in sex, is a glimpse of the intimacy between God and man and, or woman. And you can kind of think, well, what do you mean by that? And so actually, I love word study. And going back to the word where the, right in the first um, book of the Bible in Genesis, it talks about um, Adam knew Eve. And the word that the Bible uses there for new is yada. And yada um, is to know, to know deeply. And he uses that word to know when man and wife were having sex. Now later, and again, well, it's making love. That's the thing. There's a different word between making love and then just having sex. And that word is also used, yada, is also used so many times throughout the Bible for for ways that we could get to know God. So to know, it's the same one. One of the um, examples of to know is to know Um, by experience. So again, that's another way. It's to know by experience. Now that is whether it is through that sexual intimacy, that physical intimacy, to know by experience the husband and wife, but also how we can know God um, through experience. So he is for sex. He absolutely loves it. It's got so much there to offer. to, to show the intimacy between God and His Church, and how many times has um, the Church called His Bride? It's, it, we're the Bride of Christ. Have you have you read that? Have you seen those um, those descriptions? So we are the Bride of Christ, and Jesus is coming, and He loves the Bride. And He's coming back for His Bride. That's the whole Second Coming. The whole next step is Jesus coming back for His Bride.
1: So Paul felt that it was essential in the books and in the letters to write to the churches and include guidance on sex and relationships. And um, there's an instruction in, in those letters, um, particularly um, in Ephesians, where it says you listen to what God is saying to all of the churches, okay. that we must listen to what God is saying to all of the churches. And, and I think it's important that if we're going to be a Bible-believing church, that we take note of what, God was, what was being written and what was being documented in God's Word. And it says this. So I'm going to read it again. We can go back to that slide. Now for the matters you wrote about, it is good for a man not to have sexual relationship with a woman, but since sexual immorality is occurring, which does sound like our world today, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife and each woman with his own husband. So I just want to encourage you that that's a standard that God has, God has set. And, you know, we make decisions in life, don't we? We have always have the opportunity to make great decisions and good decisions. And I'm, as a Bible-believing Christian, whenever a big decision I'm going to make, I reach for God's Word. I reach for God's standard to see, can I, can I just reach out and see what God is telling me about that? Now, my question to us as a church is, do we do that? when it comes to making a decision about who we take our clothes off for. The Bible has something to say about who we take our clothes off for. And if that's a major decision in your life and you think about it, why wouldn't we reach for what God's word says, for what God's standard is, Sarah?
0: Okay, so we know often you've got the Old Testament versus the New Testament, and we know, well, I'm assuming, sorry, we know that you've got all the the Ten Commandments, you've got the Leviticus, Deuteronomy, it's got, tons and tons and chapters and chapters of laws of rules of regulations etc etc and again a lot of people can say well we're a new covenant church and and we absolutely we are and that's what we come under so we're going to look at what the new covenant says what the new testament says what does it say so post jesus jesus is on he's been on the earth he's died for us um he's ascended again so what is our standard as Julian has already said to the new testament church so I I just want to read 1 Corinthians 6 from verse 9 and I'm reading from the Passion Translation and it says, surely you must know that people who practice evil cannot possess God's kingdom realm, stop being deceived. People who continue to engage in sexual immorality, idolatry, adultery, sexual perversion, homosexuality, fraud, greed, drunkenness, verbal abuse or extortion, these will not inherit God's kingdom realm. So there we see God's standard again. But what I really want to take note as as well is as we've said, you know, the church are really great at shouting very loudly about what it doesn't like and, and you know what it's against. But in that, I want you to read that again and really just get the Holy Spirit to drop that in there. So we've we've got some real standards in there for sexuality. But also, I want you to notice, and we can't skip over the fact that it also lists fraud, greed, drunkenness, verbal abuse and extortion in in that same scripture. Now, how easy would it be as a church? And I really hope we wouldn't be like that as a church, is if somebody that does come into the church who maybe is flamboyantly, overtly same-sex attracted, or they come in and they have they're like, oh yes, this is my partner and we live together or whatever. I really hope you wouldn't treat them any differently to somebody that... Just came in and looked like they had the perfect 2.4 family because you don't know if they were gossiping yesterday. You don't know if they were verbally abusive or unkind. You know, you you don't know anything about them either. So, what as a church, our heart is, is that everyone is welcome to come, be in the spirit of God, in the presence of God, and to hear the truth of God. Because at the end of the day, you know you. We're not, we're still, we're saying the standard is the standard. We're not changing the standard. But what we're saying is we cannot, as Christians, treat anybody differently because of our perceived clarification of their sin. Because the Bible clearly shows, but it also clearly shows, you know, surely you must not know that the people practice evil cannot possess God's kingdom realm. So, you know, if you're sitting there thinking, I'm married I waited, I've done everything right, and I'm perfect. Brilliant, well done. But have you ever told a lie? Have you ever been greedy? Have you ever done any of those things? So don't you dare put yourself above um, anybody else, okay? It's this, this morning, is the great leveller. It's the great leveller. You know, it's sexual sin it isn't any worse.
1: And then Jesus came home, didn't he?
0: Yeah, so then... Jesus comes along, and so we know that that's the standard, and we have the Old Testament law, and, and you know, I love this teaching, and, and part of the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus teaches in Matthew 5:27. So we, again, we think, oh, well, it's easier in the New Testament. it's all, you know, whatever. Anything goes. Mm-mm. Your ancestors have been taught. this is Jesus speaking never commit adultery. However, I say to you, if you look with lust in your eyes at the body of a woman who is not your wife, you've already committed adultery in your heart. So what's just happened to the standard? He's just raised it. Jesus came and he raised the standard even higher. He raised it so high. So that's not, even if you're caught in the act, of adultery. This is if you think about it. This is if you look at a woman with lust in your heart, you have committed adultery. I was going to say hands up, but you don't have to. Who's going to reach that standard? (laughs) Like seriously, who is going to reach that standard? So it's now that standard feels so far out of reach. So we can either go, well, that's impossible. So I'm just going to do what I want because that's impossible. Or, do you know what it makes me realise, and what I absolutely love, is that it just shows that we all need a saviour. We are so desperate for a saviour, right? Because there is not one of us that can reach that standard on our own. And, you know, that 1 Corinthians 6-9 scripture could just look like a long list of rebukes. It could look like a long list Of rules, But then you continue on to verse 11. And this is why, don't take the scriptures out of context. Read the letters. Read Paul's letters as letters, because that's what they are. Don't take a scripture out of here and a scripture out of there. Read the whole letter as as the love letters of the church. Because if you carry on to verse 11, it says, It's true that some of you once lived in those lifestyles, but now you have been made purified from sin, made holy and given a perfect standing before God. All because of the power of the name of the Lord Jesus the Messiah, and through our union with the Spirit of God, what amazing news! What fantastic, awesome, amazing news! And you know, and I was just reading today in Romans, and I want you to go and read in Romans three because you know they were arguing whether who is um, who is the more holy, who is the more righteous—is it the Jew, is it the Gentile—and Paul saying it's neither. All of us, there is not one person. It says here, there is no one who always does what is right. Not even one. There is no one with true spiritual insight. And there is no one who seeks after God alone. All have deliberately wandered from God's ways and all become depraved and unfit. Kindness has disappeared from all of them. And it goes on and on and on. But then he goes on to say, and it's amazing, yet through his powerful declaration of acquittal, God freely gives away his righteousness. His gift of love and favour now cascades over us. All because Jesus, the Anointed One, has liberated us from the guilt, the punishment and the power of sin. And that is the good news this morning, church. We don't lower the standard to make ourselves feel better or to make ourselves feel like we're acceptable to Jesus. Never lower the standard. Never say, oh, you know, well, that's okay and that's okay because then it makes, means I can come and sit in church and feel comfortable. Never lower the standard, church. Keep the standard where it is. See the standard as high as it is, as unobtainable as it is. But then you say, Jesus, I need you. Only through you, only through you can I possibly reach your standards. And he doesn't expect us to clear ourselves up to then approach the throne. He says, come and I'll do it with you. He says, I'm on your side. And there, I love, it says, it's not just the guilt, it's the punishment and the power of sin. And, and looking through some of the questions, you know, a few times it's come out, is God punishing me? Because there are consequences for our sins. But here it's saying it's not about punishment, and God will be there and walk through even those consequences, and he can take that punishment from us.
1: Fantastic. So we're going through life, and we decide... Um wow, we come up to a really important decision and we go, well, I'm going to muddle my way through that or am I going to turn back and endeavour to reach for what God is telling me and reach out. And you know, the problem comes is when we leave our back, turned to what God is telling us. And it's so easy to live life that way with not even considering what God's word, t- word says on a subject or on a matter. And we live with, with it just behind us and we don't think about it. But what's really awesome is when you turn and reach, the Jesus that we were just talking about reaches out back for you. And he's reaching out. And you know, the the distance between the end of our fingertips and our reach, there's amazing stuff in that Bible about God's grace. That Jesus came and died and gave his life for, so that we can have a new beginning and new starts, and today can be a new start. And as you reach out for God's standard from today going forward, as we reach out, God's grace bridges the gap between the end of our fingertips and and the reach for God's standard. And I want to encourage all of us. You know, I want to remind us, actually. I want to remind us, because there's a lot of talk about sexual subjects and stuff. And I'm talking in the most part here today, to people of a heterosexual nature. We're like, we've, we are in marriages or we do fancy girls and guys. And, um, and I've noticed in churches now that we like to elevate the subject of LGBTQ or uh, same-sex attraction. We love to elevate that because it kind of distracts from the fact that we've got stuff to sort out ourselves. And I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to be really honest as the pastor of this church, I'm standing before a lot of heterosexual sin here this morning. And that's difficult, and I want us to deal with that. And I don't want us to elevate another problem up so that we focus on that and make people feel bad for that to make our journey feel any better. And that's the way of the world today. In fact, that's the way of the church in our country today. We're going to turn and we're going to always reach for God's standard and I pray that we will be people that God reaches down and He meets us and His grace meets us for those mistakes we made, the things that we get wrong, and the, the things. But we can start afresh every day because of God's grace. I want to remind us today as well that it doesn't matter what your sexual orientation is, you choose who you take your clothes off for. So there's a lot of talk about, hey, well, I'm wired this way, this is the way. I was made. This is the way I feel. And the, my bloodstream has chromosomes and, and XY genes and all of this. And this is what I feel with. And I totally get that. And I, I'm understand, I don't understand medical things very well. I'm, that's not my skill. But I do know this, whether you're straight or whether you're gay or whether you're um, this or whether you're that, you choose who you take your clothes off for. If you're a young person sat here today If you're young here today, I want to remind you that who you take your clothes off for is a choice. In every moment, when blood is rushing to your head or wherever it rushes to, I don't know. Um, I'm not a scientist. Um, It took me a while to work it all out. We had two kids before I knew what did it.
0: That's why Beth was born, or no, conceived five (laughs) weeks (laughs) after marriage.
1: (laughs) But as blood's rushing there, Who you take your clothes off for is absolutely your choice. Let me clarify that because there may be people here this morning that have been abused and had it taken from them. I get that. I'm not talking about that. There may be people that were raped here today. I don't want to upset you or cause you damage. I'm talking about, in most instances, when you're coming to make a decision about who you're going to sleep with, who you take your clothes off for is your choice. And that's just a little reminder that I wanted to throw into the mix today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So again, and we just want to go through so many scriptures, as I said, it was so hard to really decide, okay, which direction are we going to go in? And and so I guess today is just a, it's an oversee and we've got lots of other things. We'll come on to that in a little while, but we've got lots of other things. It's not just going to be three weeks on the Sunday morning. There is so much because there is so much in the Bible about it. Like nearly every single New Testament letter has something about sex and relationships. Then nearly every single Old Testament story has something thing about sex and relationships. It's pretty messed
1: it? up. Yeah. We've been, the Old we've Testament been studying, is
0: super messed up.
1: <laughs> we've been studying the Bible and what it says about sex and relationships and it's messed up. There's some messed up stories in there. I was thinking, have we got time? Where yeah, are yeah we we we're, at? we're fine. I don't know where we're at. Only
0: five past.
1: If we've got time, there's the story in the Old Testament about Hosea yeah. and his wife Goma. Does everyone yeah. remember that story? So God commanded this Old Testament prophet I want you to go and marry a prostitute. A prostitute, a woman that systematically lived her life in unfaithfulness. And God said to him, go and marry her. And then not only did he, he was obedient and he went and did that because he knew that that was part of a prophecy to Israel that he had to do. Um, he then, um, that, the wife, Gomer, left him and just left him. And then God said to him, you need to go after her. So now he goes down to the red light district. He goes down to the brothel where his wife is undergoing, uh, down there, and, and she's being auctioned off to the next guy that wants to, um, wants to sleep with her and be with her. And um, she's just being auctioned off. And, and like, he's like standing there in the auction for his own wife. And um, he's he just going. Back. He, and he has to pay the price yeah. to buy back his own wife. And I'm like, how messed up? is that as a story but then when you think about that and you bring it on into the new testament to where we are today what an amazing picture of what jesus christ has done for you yeah. you are goma yeah. you are that prostitute we live our lives anyhow it's the bible says we all have sinned and fallen short yeah. we all fall short of the standard yeah. that's there we all, whether it's me, whether it's mum and dad who founded this church, whether it's the head of the Church of England or the Pope, it doesn't matter. We've all fallen short. In fact, in some of those church circles, the situation is even worse. Yeah. Even worse. Yeah. But we reach out. The problem is we've all turned our back on God's standard. We don't even think about it. We here on the High Street in Dunstable in ComChurch need to be a church that at least makes the attempt to reach for God's standard. And I believe that we will see God's grace meet us. Somebody said to me the other day, but isn't, isn't that story of Jose and Goma? Isn't that just poetry? Isn't that just something that tells the story of Jesus in a different way and somebody just did it? I said, well, Jesus believed that the story of Jose and Goma was a real, were real people, that actually happened, and that there was a prophet in the Old Testament. Jesus believed it actually happened. And we are, at Com Church, a Bible-believing church, and we're going to hold the Bible fast in our community, no matter what. What an amazing example that is. There is sex at every point as you read the Bible. Sex and relationships comes back every single time. And Sarah and I, we wanted to write our letter, to our church yeah. in the New Testament, and that's what we're doing.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and as we said, you know, there, there are other scriptures about... Putting down and laying pointless rules down, and this is the thing: is tonight we'll we'll be answering some questions, and and as we were sat and trying to work out the answers to these questions, we realised there isn't just a, you know, there isn't just one answer. There isn't just easy yes and no answers, and the, and in any of these things, it really is about matters of the heart. And this is what might be really frustrating um, to some people, but the fact is, it's about your personal relationship with Jesus Christ and being able to even hear from the. Holy Spirit. You know, in that situation with even someone you're dating or, or, you know, being on your own, are you even asking the Holy Spirit, what, what do you think? You know, Jesus, what should I do? What is right in this situation? Because again, you go back to the Old Testament. I love the story of, of Esther, who became the queen. But do you know what? She had to go through all of the ritual with all those other girls. Really, if you think about it, completely breaking all of Jewish religion and all of Jewish law, because she was going to have to spend the night with a man that wasn't her husband. And if he hadn't chosen her, she'd have been left as defiled and on the heap. She would have been classed, and the most she could have done was maybe be one of his concubines. Now that's completely against Jewish law. Yet in her situation, she trusted God so much that she knew God was leading her to do this that then she was chosen and she was queen and she saved a nation. But do you know what? A religious person could have very easily gone, well, you can't do that because you'll be defiled and then you'll be left with nothing and it will all be against... And they weren't—they wouldn't have been wrong. They, She would have been defiled and left with nothing. But the fact is she knew that she knew that God had spoken to her and God had chosen her. And for her, that was the right thing to do and God honoured her. And this is why I'm saying it's not... As easy to to judge the next person next to you, and to make a sweeping statement over people or situations, because even in the Bible there are so many counterintuitive things that you think God would use. Why did you? you why did God use Rahab the prostitute to save the spies going into Jericho? Do you know there were so many people? She's in the bloodline of Jesus Christ, <laughs> so. That's the thing. We can't just discount, but we can't make the mistake Jesus either. Jesus doesn't
1: discount it. Jesus
0: people. doesn't discount it, but we can't make the mistake either that at the beginning of that scripture in Corinthians and, and the end, it says, you know, they, don't be deceived, stop being deceived, that people who continue to engage in these will not inherit God's kingdom realm. Now, that, that is enough to make me go, God... I don't want anything that means I'm not going to inherit your kingdom realm. And in that, Holy Spirit, help me walk. Help me engage your righteousness every single day. And and Paul says, doesn't he, we we die daily. And this is why we have to die daily to our sin. So kind of if you all thought that you were sitting there doing all right, I hope you now feel like, no I'm yeah, not. <laughs> and then if you felt like you're the worst sinner in the world, I can't, I really want you to feel like, actually no, you're not the worst sinner in the world, because that doesn't exist. We, and it's, We just want to start the conversation. To, yeah, right? we need Jesus. So
1: what's happened is, in church circles, is that we've pushed this subject down and underground, right? We've made it uncover. We thought, do, do, do you know what? Because The reason is because every single last one of us is going to reach for God's standard and at some point as we're reaching for God's standard, we're going to fail. Every single one of us will fail in the task of reaching for God's standard and because we don't like to acknowledge our failure as a church, we push it underground. I'm all right, Jack. I've got it all together and we push it underground and then it becomes a difficult subject and then our young people find it a difficult... The first place they should come to with their questions about sex should be their church. They should feel safe here to come and ask their questions, but we're too worried about our failure. Our community is looking on at us, and if we can be humble enough, and if we can be brave enough to admit where we fail, we set an example to our world. It's our unwillingness to acknowledge our failure that means we're not a testimony anymore to the people outside in this world. I want us to be a church where we find it easy to share. Do you know what? I failed, I was reaching for God's standard in this way and I missed the mark, I found it difficult. Doesn't matter how anybody's seeing life around here, I'd like to think this is a comfortable place for you to come and sit and to let us know, do you know what, I felt like I failed in this area. Come and share it, come and teach it. And do you know what, our testimony will be much louder Often people think, I'm not going to do that because you'll think I'm a hypocrite. I've failed in an area that's maybe sensitive. Maybe it's to do with pure sex. But it's our honesty about our failure that will be a witness to this world because they're going to see Jesus reach down and his grace and mercy shout louder than your failure ever could
0: yeah one of the biggest lies is that well I failed so I might as well just carry on doing what I want I'm tarnished I'm broken I'm you know I'm, I'm unpure already so I may as well just carry on what's the point point? and you know I love the stories and again there's so many to choose from I love the story of the woman at the well And Jesus just spoke with her and he just offered her living water, which, you know, that's what Jesus offers each one of us this morning, that living water. But he didn't say to her, okay, right, let's try and work it out. So you've had five husbands and the person you're not with now is not your husband either. So you need to go back and marry the first person. Go and find him. And if you marry him, then that's fine. And you're with your first husband and it's all clean. Or, Or then, you know, well, should you go and marry number two? He doesn't say any of that. He doesn't get into any of that. He just says, go and sin no more. He just says, right here, there's washing clean the living water you can water start is again. it's
1: you can start again. it's
0: for cleansing and it's for um you know for life isn't it it's for life and he just said okay let's draw a line in the sand today and then now go and sin no more and i love this scripture in isaiah 1 i absolutely love it and it says verse 18 it says come now let us settle the matter Says the Lord, so He's like, Right, once I've said this, it's done. (laughs) Let us settle the matter. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow, and though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. Now, just think about those words that's impossible. It's impossible to get the color out of a wool, it's impossible. Once the snow has been disturbed, it's impossible for it to be pure again. But that's what God is saying, let us settle the matter. That's where your sins were, but I can wash it clean again. And do you know, there are some times that people have made choices and they've made decisions. And you can get into such a tangled web of, well, how do I go and put that all right? you know, and there might be practical things that you can do, but in that, it's just knowing that Jesus forgives you completely, that when you ask him, and when you say, Jesus, I've missed your standard, first of all, all it is, is acknowledging that I've missed your standard, and again, that's why if that was the first time you've heard that scripture today, you know, we have got to be aware, we can't plead ignorance anymore, we've got to read the word of God. We've got to try and find out what God's standard is so then we can ask him to help us reach it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. We've got so many questions to answer, haven't we? I wonder yeah. if you can put the last, just while we're talking um, and bringing this into land this morning, um, there's, there's another slide, Pure Sex Side, but it's got the link to the website. Oh, and we can sing a song. Oh, there <laughs> we go. Uh, so um, maybe... You want to make a note of this, but people have been submitting their questions for some time now, and um, we um, before we began to talk about this subject in church, we consulted with our senior leadership team with parents of children um, we've consulted the youth in fact, it was the youth department's idea that we have a ser- have a series about sex to help them um, and they said could you could you do that and we were like. Well, we're not just going to do it to the youth, because from what we can see, since we've been pastoring the church for 18 months, that it affects every part, every age group. So if you're young or whether you're old, you need to be addressing this subject, and we need to take a reach for God's standard, as we're doing this morning. But um, we've got loads of questions. I want you to take a note of that. Um, We've had some heartbreaking, really heartbreaking questions that have come to Sarah and I and to the team as we've done this we've had some hilarious amusing funny questions as well so if you've got a funny one we'd love to read them that I think
0: they might be from our son
1: oh is it Elliot (laughs) okay so Elliot sent those ones all right but um there are some we've had some very funny questions so if you feel like you want to put a, a funny question or whether you want to put a really serious one um there's a place there also to put for prayer requests And a place to put testimonies testimonies as well. We've done it completely anonymously, which (laughs) I think is okay. But I'd like to think that maybe by the end of this series, we can all just be honest about our failings and what we're facing. Sarah and I, we see sex differently, don't we? Mm -hmm. But I mean, we've just read that scripture that says that sex really belongs between a husband and a wife that are committed to each other for a long time. That scripture was really clear on it. If you're a man with a wife or a woman with a husband then sex is for you if it's everybody else you've got to work it out it's not really it's not really there for you that's the standard that god is saying in his word um but we see it differently don't we mm-hmm. i'm a morning kind of guy <laughs>
0: we're doing this now are
1: we <laughs> should we do it now should we do this now yeah okay let's do it now i'm, I'm <laughs> sorry so but um um, yeah, so, I mean, we see it, see it differently, don't we? Yeah.
0: Well, we, we were watching all these different videos and Junior was like, let's start with how men and women see sex differently. And I was like, I'm way more mannish about this than I am female. <laughs> like, I was like, I'm on the man's side. But, yeah, there are, and this is the thing, and this is why I was saying it's very easy to say it's fine to have sex in marriage, but even in that, like, that's a whole minefield of a billion different variables, isn't so it? We, and see,
1: we see it completely different. Yeah. We see, like... I mean, I like to think that you want to initiate it every now and again. I'm like, that's just, I just like that. It feels great in my heart when Sarah goes, hey, hey, babe. It's true. It's true.
0: But yeah, I, like, as I say, this is all honesty you, and transparency. You, no, you, we, you we, care
1: more about other stuff.
0: It's smell. As long <laughs> as you smell, smell okay. <laughs> if I
1: smell okay, then it's okay. All right.
0: Just being honest, personal hygiene's a biggie. Um, Yeah, no. (laughs) But can we can I tell everybody how your initiation might start? I don't know what. Like watching the Spurs game and coming down in your dressing gown. That means we're on.
1: So um. So we we see romance very differently. Yeah, if we could. (laughs) Point um, made. We do, we do. Yeah, no. If we pretty much doing anything naked is is (laughs) romance. Yeah, no. You're right absolutely so but we see it in our marriage the point i'm making here is that in our marriage we see sex completely differently don't we yeah and that's that's tough to manage there is like we want to we want to speak loudly what <laughs> the, the bo- head's going on <laughs> praise the lord It's it. great absolutely brilliant it is an improvement oh gosh the head's an improvement
0: no, so, so th- this is go. this is why we I just know. Think it's great. No, it's great. so tonight, and again, you know, we were. we're, we're we're going to be answering these questions, but this is why it's I was just saying we can't... No, it's not orcs. Um, I live with it every day. So it's, there's so many different variables and there's going to be so many different answers. And also, we do kind of want the chance to, if something has really affected you or you really strongly disagree with something, we'd love you to come in the evening and we can, we can maybe discuss it a bit more. But So one example was... Is kissing okay? That was the question. And initially, you might think, well, that's a really easy question to answer. But actually, it's not because one, it depends who you're kissing, it depends where you're kissing, it depends what you're kissing, and it depends if the person wants to be kissed or not to be kissed. So, wherever do you see that there, is. wherever that is? So, do you see what I mean? It seems like a very simple question. But actually, there are so many variables and so many different things. So again, so Rob and Sarah and me and Julian sat on Thursday evening together. We know far too much about each other now. Like, literally, we just know way too much. But it was like, at the end, you know, and this is why we're going to have a bit of a panel discussion and a bit of a discussion, because do you know what? Sometimes there aren't that black and white answers. Um, And that's why, as a Christian, the leading of the Holy Spirit is so, so important, and um, we're also going to come on to this. Are we ready? So, Elsie, if you could activate your team, please, to hand everyone out a brochure. Now, if you can try and hold on to this for two weeks, I know that's a lot to ask, but we wanted to give it to you now so you've got some time to think about things. So, on the 11th of November, There's on the Sunday morning... There's a really cool picture morning, of us in this, That is by not the way, us.
1: There's a really good picture. Oh, no, there, there. Look, there, look. <laughs> There's a good picture of us in there. It's a very nice one. It's a sexy picture of us. Not I think. really. It is. No, it is. No, it really is. I like it. Okay. I like it a lot.
0: It's a love picture.
1: But we're, We want to we also shout about, we want to shout loudly what the Bible is <laughs> Sorry, for Elliot. as way louder than speak about what it's against. And it is for great sex in great marriages. And it's got an important place. And as we come to an end this morning, we're going to actually look at why sex is great and why it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, and um, not just my interpretation or your interpretation. No, exactly. But we're going to um, look at that. So
0: we've got lots of topics. So once you've got the thing, but also, again, for those that are single, divorced, widowed, um, please do Wait. not think that you are left out. Um, yeah. So please don't, don't worry. You're not going to be left out. We've got lots of sessions regarding that. Because, so again, the, Jesus the, talked loads of about November.
1: that. The 11th of November is going to be a mini-conference On this subject so we can actually deal with real subjects that affect real people. So we're going to split out into groups. You're going to have to choose where we go. We've got four other venues around the town that we'll go to and we've got guests coming in to talk to us and share with us Um, and in here you can read about the subjects that we're going to tackle straight on and Sometimes splitting out into smaller groups of just people that are affected by that thing or maybe you want to just learn how can I help a friend, particularly for the porn one, if you want to come along because obviously you just want to help a friend. You don't want to be there because you've got a problem yourself. Nobody would have that. You're coming to help a friend. So um, obviously there's lots of things that you can come and we want to deal with the very real subjects. And um, there's an amazing one in there. There's an amazing session in there called Seen It All. Seen it all, and it's gonna. It's for people that have seen everything in life. You, maybe you've been married to the same person for sixty years. I don't know, and you've been together that whole time. You've seen everything there is to see in life. Maybe um, you're a widower. You're a, You've gone through grief or loss, and um, maybe maybe you're a divorcee and you've been through divorce. And there's one just for people that have seen everything. You've got to that place, but there's still the challenge that. We can start again every day. We can start afresh every day. How can people that have seen it all reach for God's standard?
0: So when we were doing this, our biggest worry was, mm, people aren't going to go to the sessions because it might be embarrassing. So we just decided to make them all as equally embarrassing. So there isn't really, there is no prayer on there. So prayer and the team are really hitting that hard on a Monday. So if you want to pray, then you have to come on a Monday. We're not doing the prayer one because we thought everyone will just go to the prayer team. They won't come to anything else. So um, we've we've tried purposefully to um, yeah, make all of, the, um, all of the sessions equally as embarrassing. But as, as Julian honestly did say, um, I think some of the things is often that even as Christians, we can give really bad, sucky advice. And so it is really true, is that if you're kind of thinking, well, that might appeal to me, but I'm not sure about the others, is to see, come and learn how you could help somebody else, how you, you know, maybe pick up some tips for advice. And then also there's a resources page, and that's for you to use now. I mean, this is literally just a few that we've we've put together. But there's some websites on there um, that if this has bought anything up, and if this series, yeah, does bring anything up, and you need a bit more help, or you need some professional help, because in certain circumstances, there are times, um, one of our testimonies was amazing, and if you're here, thank you for sharing it, was that um, after marriage, they'd been married a couple of years, and and the the lady had been abused, and so they found sex really hard in their marriage, because it just brought all those emotions that she'd obviously not had to deal with. Prior to being married, and and that took a couple of years of counselling, and and they, you know, absolutely the Holy Spirit, God helping them and working that through. But it took some work and it took some counselling through that. So we've put hopefully some resources and websites there that if there's a specific need, um, that hopefully you'll be able to find something there. And if you can't, then again come to us and ask us, and at the very least we'll help you try and find something or somewhere that's going to be helpful for you.
1: Tonight um, we're calling it Pillow Talk, um, so we want to just begin to answer some of the questions that have come in. Maybe I can encourage you this morning to get your question over to us, because in the evenings we're going to just we're going to have an open forum. We're going to ask and answer questions about uh, the subject of pure sex. Whatever it is you want to ask, um, we want to do that. We're going to have some amazing time of just prayer as well and, and worship. So. If you've been struggling in any area, we want to provide you support. I encourage everybody, if you can, come out tonight and we'll talk about this subject. A right to reply. If you disagree immensely with anything I've said this morning, bring it tonight and we can have it out. We can talk about it in an open forum. And then we've got um, some support resources for this whole series. So for the Tuesdays after this series comes, if this has raised something in your life as we talk about sex... Maybe you're in a marriage and there is no sex and you're, finding, you're just finding this excruciating. There's healing in that. Maybe if you just are not having sex and both parties are happy with that and like this has just become a little bit annoying to even talk about it, there's a place for us to come and worship and understand why we're doing it. And then we're going to have healing rooms on the 13th of November and the 20th of November where you can come and there can be a time to receive healing um, for any of the issues that have been raised in this series. Yeah,
0: it's really, and it's it's not to act as a counselling session, this is, it's really to be in the presence of God and just, you know, because sometimes there is definitely things that only the Holy Spirit can do, and you know, and that's why I really, I do think counselling is important, but it will only ever take you so far, um, but you know, as a Bible-believing Christian, this is who we have on our side, we have the Holy Spirit, we have Jesus Christ, um, and so there, on those evenings, there they're just there, just people can be prayed for, but again, not, you know, to give advice, not to really talk into them, but just for a, a safe space that you can really just connect with the Holy Spirit and just, you know, some of, those, some of those hurts, some of those pains, but also if you've got questions and you're just like, I just need guidance, I need something. Um, so just gonna, that's going to be really positive, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. So what I want us to take away, as we've just begun the conversation this morning, we just wanted to break the ice. Yeah. We just wanted to say sex in church. We wanted to do um, the, the part of breaking and shattering the unspoken and taboo nature of this subject. We want you to feel like you can bring to this senior leadership team and the, the leaders of Com Church and to Sarah and I matters of the nature where you failed or you feel like you're failing. Or you feel like you're being punished or you're feeling like things haven't gone right in this area. Or you, um, hey, sex isn't functioning how it's meant to function. Or sex has become about simply making it so that we can have babies. There's no intimacy left in it anymore. Whatever it is, if I can stand here with my mum in the room and I can talk this way about these subjects, this can be a safe environment for you to come and share. I want to take it one level further, which I just was sharing, that I believe our testimony to this world relies on us standing and sharing our failures. Because if we sweep our failures under the carpet, the world will never see us deal with it. The world will never see us living real life. We cannot bury this stuff anymore as a church We have to bring it out into the open and it has to be comfortable and we have to be able to share it. So that's why this Little Orcs moment of just talking about sex is going to happen for the few weeks. Next week, we're going to be talking about identity. Where does your identity come from? Does your identity come from who you spend time with in a bedroom? Does your identity come from who you sleep with? Or does your identity come from somewhere else? So we want as a church to go on a journey for looking at and reaching God's standard.
0: Thanks for listening to Comchurch Talks. We'd love to hear from you and you're welcome to any of our Sunday services or midweek comms. For more information or to contact us, please visit www.comchurch.org.uk or find us on Facebook. God bless.